Welcome to the Windsor Speakeasy Podcast. Bringing you all the latest news about the municipal election in Windsor, Ontario. Windsor, Ontario municipal election, October 24th. <laughs> Hopefully you're familiar with this uh, this, this stuff this by now. This thing we're doing, you know? Yeah. We've done it like a gazillion times now. So if you don't know what we're all about, then you are living under a rock. Yeah, if seven... I mean, eight and a mini episode is a gazillion. Then you're yeah, right. and if you're living under a rock, I'm jealous because Dwayne Johnson sounds like a stand-up guy. He just seems super, super nice. I it, I, I don't think I'd want him on top of me. <laughs> he's quite just large for physics reasons. <laughs> Gravity does apply to him. Yeah, I like to meet him. Heavy. I think, but yeah, I got close. I got like uh, like a two degrees away from Dwayne Johnson. Was he? being an actor or a wrestler no neither he was being a um well kind of he was being a, a guy just a regular guy my sister works for mcfarland toys and they're making the toys for his movie black adam and he approached my sister and her team to create a custom black adam figure like a statue like he, they do like the collectibles um for the rock's mom of the and rocks, mom? of him, no, oh. no, no, of him and his that that character, um. like as like a, a gift to her. He wanted like a special statue of him as Black Adam. It's made. got like a, a mom heart tattoo on the side of the actual well, figure. I don't know. I don't know if it got anything like that. But my sister was in charge, and she had to like send like mock ups of the design to like his team. And he was like, "Oh, my butt's too big. Uh, less nipple. Uh, my bulge needs to be adjusted." Hmm. And it was really, it was interesting. Because I'm like, oh, my sister like emailed with like Dwayne Johnson and his team over a custom toy. It was kind of what would be the most important if you were getting an action figure made of yourself. What would you care most about that was like right? Um, they'd have to get my tits right. Yeah, they would just. I really thought you were gonna say your hair. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted it to be combable, like you like those old like a Barbie. Oh, not like the hard. Yeah, I don't want the hard helmet hair. I want brushable hair. Okay. Um, cause I want to be like, yeah, one of those like therapy dolls where you can just like brush its hair and feel better about your life. I just want all my joints to work like joints work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you want to be completely opposable? Yeah. The or? rest I don't really care about. I just want to be able to move <laughs> and be put in like good poses. Did I inadvertently change our icebreaker? Is that? We'll save it for the next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, that's a, it's a weird story about my family. That we <laughs> do you have any interesting action figures from this? Not from the movie, but my sister was able to get B for Christmas some one of a kind My Hero Academia figurines that were actually misprinted. Uh, the box was misprinted, so they couldn't actually go to be like distributed to stores because they accidentally put the wrong character on the box that was actually in front of the figurine oh. that was in the packaging. Is that, so, is that worth more to collectors because it's a misprint? Like coins? I'm not sure. I'm not like, sure. Coins, the messed up ones are the ones you want to get because they're worth the most. Maybe, but B got a a set of figurines from My Hero Academia for Christmas for my sister. So sorry, Mallory, if I got you in trouble for giving away stuff from work. (laughs) Oops. Do you think the toy execs listen to our podcast? But she is the toy exec, so maybe. Uh, Yeah, I guess she's at the top. What am I kidding? Who am I? What am I worried about? uh, If you were an action figure, what would you care most about that they got right? Oh, you know what I want to be? You know those like, like uh, uh, the stretchy ones that are like just rubber and like like Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, but there's these ones on TikTok. It's just a monkey that they throw from like 
the top of roofs and it just splats totally flat but never breaks. I want that version <laughs> of an action figure. You're like indestructible but also bendy and yeah, weird. That's yeah. awesome. I like that. The Windsor Speakeasy. On behalf of the Windsor Speakeasy crew, we acknowledge that we are on land surrounded by water and originally inhabited by indigenous peoples who have traveled this area since time immemorial. This territory is within the lands honored by the Wampum Treaties, agreements between the Ashinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, the Lene Lenape, and allied nations to peacefully share and care for the resources around the Great Lakes. We want to acknowledge the presence of the Three Fires Confederacy, the Ojibwe, the Odawa, and the Potawatomi, and the Huron-Wendat peoples. We are dedicated to honoring their, the indigenous history and culture while remaining committed to moving forward respectfully with all First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. Ward number nine. Nuff. And if you're tuning in for the first time and you don't know, there's an election coming up on October 24th. Our city split into 10 geographical sections called wards. Each one gets to elect in a representative for that ward. And so we're on ward nine. Nine out of ten. So we're in the home stretch. We're almost there. If you've been with us since Ward One, thank you. Um, we've been getting a lot of good feedback on the socials at Windsor Speak EZ on Instagram and also at WindsorSpeakEasy.com. You guys are sharing the love. We have some candidates giving us feedback as well. So this has really been a really cool experience. And I'm uh, ha- I'm kind of excited to be wrapping up the Ward episodes. Yeah can move on we can kind of put this batch of info out there and move on to the next one on to the next one it's been bittersweet because we've had like this structure that we've had to follow and it gives us some like a skeleton to move along but i'll be happy to uh get into some weirder things some freestyle (laughs) you get to see how weird we really are (laughs) (laughs) so ward nine is like the south east section of the city We'll put the map of the ward as the graphic for this podcast, and we'll put the link to find the ward maps in there. What would be the recognizable BIA in Ward 9? So I call it Little America. (laughs) You can assume what I'm talking about. It's like Costco, like Down Walker at the end of Walker, Up Walker Row. There's lots of businesses. A lot of chain establishments. Yeah. Okay. Bigger businesses, big box stores. That's not to say that there's not small businesses within Ward 9, but the majority of that and Ward 9 along with Ward 1 border the county. And so it gets to be a, it's not a rural ward, um, but it's not urban density. Right. And it still has ditches. Yeah. And there's not sidewalks and there's a airport there. So it looks a lot different than a lot of the other wards. If you just like exist in there yeah and if you don't leave ward nine and you don't go down to the core like issues that matter to you are much different than the issues that matter to the residents who live in the core and it's a little bit of a smaller field of candidates and challengers to the incumbent um and if we all remember what an incumbent is if you don't know by now i'm not telling you yeah i'll I'll, I'll tell you yeah (laughs) just means the person withholding yeah the person who did the job last time is the incumbent the incumbent, do we want to start with the incumbent and talk about Kieran? Might as well. Sure. So Kieran McKenzie is a one-time counselor. Uh, he got elected in 2018. He defeated the previous incumbent, 
Hillary Payne. Hillary Payne was there for a while in a similar situation as we see Mr. Sleeman is in this ward, where it became time for him to pass the torch to a different person to do the job. Um, so Kieran defeated him in 2018. Kieran is a longtime participant in politics in all levels. Yeah, he's like a poli-sci guy from his down to his degree. His He was one of the OG members of Rose City, I think yeah, I read. Yeah, Rose City Politics. Rose yeah. City Politics. So like this guy had this kind of job in mind, I think, when you, uh, you know, kind of take politics in as a passion project for yourself. Yeah. I've Sits known- on a lot of boards, a lot of committees. If you go read the questionnaires, so CBC and Rose City Politics both put out a questionnaire that we refer to quite a bit. Uh, you can check them out on our resources page on our website. Yep. If you read Kieran's answers to some of those questions, like they are politician answers. Yeah, very polished, very well referenced. Yeah, sometimes sometimes a non-answer because the issue is more intricate and more complicated than a yes or no answer. That's not to say he's not invested or doesn't know the solution, but a politician at his core. Yeah, you're not going to solve homelessness in a questionnaire, but it, it does at least, you know, kind of give you an idea of his ability to present himself in short form. Whenever there's an issue that I don't understand in council, especially if it has something to do with conservation or ecology or climate change things and climate change mitigations, Kieran grasps those issues and they're close to his heart. He also understands the bureaucracy and the hurdles that you have to jump through to get these things rolling. Specifically, I want to talk about an issue that's close to my heart. I've brought it up on the show before. There's a bunch of reptiles and amphibians that get killed on Malden and Matchett Road every year because of their migration patterns and because vehicles drive really fast down that road. It came to council to close those roads a little while back. Um, I delegated to... Uh, in favor of closing those roads so that those reptiles and amphibians could uh, continue to live and not be extirpated, which is a fancy word for extinct in an area. Extinct in a certain area. And especially when we have such a unique ecosystem that is like one of a kind in the entire country. True. Yeah. So there are species that will face extinction and extirpation because of these hazards that we've built right through their habitat. So so I called him to talk to him about this issue. Actually, he called me because he saw my name on the delegation list in the city council. We talked before, we're acquaintances. He called me and he said, TJ, let me hash it out with you. I want to get this done. I want to protect these species. It's probably not going to happen. And here's why. And he had a 45-minute conversation with me about the ins and outs and how Cocoa Paving owned this development and they were going to sue and they were going to win and they had all the legal leverage and it sucked. And I'm like, this is not the answer I want to hear, Kieran, but I really appreciate you taking the time to explain it to me so that I can explain it to people who I know care about it yeah. and, and truly has a passion for this. I think he's a very popular counselor. I think any of his contenders are going to have a tough time uh, taking a hack at Kieran. Yeah, he seems to be doing what he w is meant to do. And, and that's kind of a big statement to say about somebody. But like when you're passionate about something and you're doing the work and you're reaching out, that is kind of what the job should be. So kudos to Kieran. Um, and we'll see. Will Ward 9 show up and make sure they show their contentment with how he's been doing the job? So... Yeah, there's one more thing I want to touch on on Kieran before we move on. 
And I've been a little hesitant to touch on this issue at all on the podcast because it's pretty contentious. Okay. The new proposed location for the mega hospital is in Ward 9. So those lands are in Kieran's Ward. Two facets that I want to talk about this. There is farmland that we're going to stop being farmland. Yeah, we're going to lose it. We're going to lose the farmland and it's going to become paved roads and foundations for houses and a mega hospital. If you take a look at what the farmers are saying throughout Ontario, because of urban sprawl and development, because we need so many houses, we are losing farmland at a rate that we've never seen before. And it's very concerning, especially as we face uh, climate change is, is causing some food insecurities globally. And we do a bigger share than we know of growing the world's food here in Windsor County. Yeah, and and not just not just um like climate change affecting usable farmland, our farming practices themselves are creating unusable farming land because of factory farming. Not saying that that's a massive problem in our area, but like globally, factory farms are leaving farmland barren and unusable and and unless there's like systemic change in that those practices like so our that just like proves that this viable valuable soil that we have to grow these plants is like it has to be protected right so so all that being said taking a stance on the location of the proposed hospital is a political risk for either side if you're for the location then there's all these fees that we don't really know about as far as infrastructure um it's not just a mega hospital. It's got to be roads around it. It's got to be houses around it so that people Sewers. can work at the houses. Yeah, and, and all these things are going to cost so much money because there's nothing there but farm fields right now. We're going to lose these farm fields. Anyways, the issue is intricate and challenging and gargantuan in how it's going to affect our city in the next coming decades. Kieran, in the past, as well as um, councillor candidate Chris Holt, have raised a lot of questions as to how we're going to manage those infrastructure costs as this project moves forward. So yes, there's been talk about, is this the right location? As far as we know, on today's date, the location is decided by the previous council. That's not going to change. What we have to be concerned about is how we're going to develop those lands so that we can afford the infrastructure that has to go into it. And so that's what these guys are asking about and making sure that we're taking care of in the future rather than just being like, oh, we have to put this hospital here and we have to put all these houses. I guess we just have this big mega bill that we got to put it all down. Yeah, like it, it's very valid. The people who want to um, pass down good healthcare and accessible healthcare to future generations also need to realize that we, also, like, we have to... Uh, make sure that our kids and future generations are inheriting a good plan that doesn't create unsustainable issues. Like we're not, you know, we're not destroying these natural areas that we need with and leaving the bill of that and the cost of that to our kids. Yeah, I heard, uh, I forget exactly where I heard this, but I heard an urbanist talking about, an urban planner talking about this specific project and if we take all those lands around where the proposed hospital is and leave it to developers to do as they would today, 
90% of those units would be single family detached homes, maybe townhouses. The issue arises that the sewers, the roads, the electricity, all that infrastructure, the drainage, because the drain has to go from there to the river. Everything drains to the river, and that's the furthest point from the river. All those infrastructure costs are very big. And if we only build single-family detached homes or townhouses, the amount of money that the city will get back in taxes is not enough to pay for those infrastructure costs. So overall, even though we have more houses, that part, that whole project as a whole will be losing money and will be bleeding money for years and years to come if there's not proper management of how this infrastructure goes up. So risky in that sense, risky environmentally. It There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. So the people who are asking those questions and want answers shouldn't be vilified for that position because they're trying to make sure if we deserve this, this huge healthcare investment, we also deserve a good, sustainable, responsible, equitable plan that will be the absolute best for every single person in Windsor-Essex. So if this is going to be a regional thing and it's going to be in this location, we got to do it right because this could be a hundred plus year mistake for the area if we get it wrong. If we just rush and get it done and miss these big things, we're going to make a big mistake for our area. And so the people who are questioning that shouldn't be villains. They just... It's part of the it's part of the the, the job. Yeah, you got to do it right. I, I don't think Holtz or McKenzie are opposed to the hospital at all. They know we need new healthcare, and at this point, both of them have accepted that this location is where it's going to be. Some people say that their stance on it is wishy washy, but that is only because there's answers that have not come to fruition because of these infrastructure costs, and honestly. I'm sitting here thinking like, do, do the, these listeners need to know about this? But but you, you do because it's it's intricate and messy. But that's where these guys are standing on this because this whole issue is so gargantuan. Yeah. And we, again, tough conversations. We got to have them and we got to inform ourselves. There are people out there that have been talking about this issue for a long time. You can find their opinions. You can you can try to follow the money here. You can try to do whatever you want, do your own research. But questions are unanswered, and we need to know, we deserve to know as citizens the answers to these questions because it's going to affect us directly yeah, for a long, long time. If you want to know what Kieran has to say about this, check out the uh, questionnaires, the Rose City Politics questionnaire. Uh, he has a very long answer to it, but because obviously it's a tricky thing to talk about. Yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for checking, Cam. <laughs> we do deserve that. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot to do again. Yeah. Uh, so, contentious issues aside, Kieran has some challengers that want to uh, say that they're the better guy for the job. Yeah, two, so we got two a, challengers two in the Two challengers, field. so it's a small field, so... But that doesn't mean they're not interesting folks that think they should have the position. So let's hear about them. Starting alphabetically, Harinder Chima is the first challenger we're going to talk about. Yeah, I went to Harinder's website. And I noticed, right, the first thing I noticed is he has a little autoplay, little video window right on the first screen, and he's talking directly to you. 
I find that charming. Yeah. His voice is very chill and and calm and he was just telling everyone about the advanced polls and where they can go uh, cast their vote which is very important and i appreciate that arinda that you're helping your um possible future constituents on how to uh, take advantage of the democratic process but um that's about the only that's the only vibe i really dug from him i the rest of it i mm, I I'm I wouldn't vote for him. Yeah. I have some reasons why I'd be very skeptical to give Herwinder my vote. Some of those reasons are the people who have endorsed him. Yeah. So so there's a few uh, on his questionnaire and I believe on his website he has his endorsement. Maybe it's just- And on his his literature, like the oh. literature like on the flyers that he's I I'm assuming he might not actually be handing them out. I don't I have no proof that he's been doing a lit drops in his ward. I don't know. There was a flyer on his website that looked as though it would have been sent like, to a printer. Sure. Yeah. So so there's a few names on his endorsement list on the questionnaire that I want to bring out. Uh one is the previous ward counselor, Hillary Payne. I mentioned him at the beginning when we were talking about Kieran defeating him in the past. When we talk about how Hillary Payne voted in the 2014 to 2018 uh, election term, he falls into this category of if Mr. Dilkins is supporting something, nine out of 10, a lot of the times, that vote's going to align with the Mr. Mayor. Yeah, you can count on Hillary to fall in line. Yes, and there's some other uh, endorsements on this list that make me think that that is also true about Herinder's future. Uh Paul Borelli, who is the previous ward counselor of Ward 10, um, is on that list. We'll uh, talk about Mr. Borelli in Ward 10 because he's a candidate in Ward 10. Yeah, that, that it's going to be a good episode. You should yeah. listen to the next one, too. <laughs> Stay tuned for the assessment of Mr. Borelli. Uh, Bronwyn, do you know anything about Linda Chin? I do know something about Linda Chin. Linda Chin, you disappointed me. I invited you to my school's... Um, to speak to the graduates at my school. And had I known what your views were, I would not have asked you to be there. Can you can you tell us about some of the problematic views that... Ms. Chin has some very conservative values. Ms. Chin does not agree with my identity as a human being. Um, and so... It's my understanding that yeah, uh, Ms. Chin wants... If you're queer in any way for that to remain silent in the school system, is that? Yeah, Linda, Linda Chin, just to give you a little bit of context, is running to be a trustee for the public board system. Correct. Um, She's currently a a school bar trustee. Yes, she's currently. So and and that's why she got an invite to our graduation ceremony. Often trustees speak at graduation ceremonies and they sit as a like a um, with the staff and and do a presentation to the graduates. And she happened to speak uh, at our last graduation ceremony. Um, She believes that uh, there should not be pride flags in schools. She believes that um, students with a trans identity is a political ideological thing that shouldn't be considered real. (laughs) Kind of culture war. Very much like... If, you know, we don't, shouldn't be discussing gender identity, there shouldn't be special protections or any, like they shouldn't be, these people should not be given the same rights because what they're doing is political, not 
real? I, I'm just, no. So if you're seeking an endorsement from a human being like that, you automatically lose my vote. Sorry. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. You lose uh, my support. I also had issues uh, with Linda Chin in the same regards, and, and that endorsement made me skeptical of Mr. Yeah. Chin. Maybe he uh, sought that endorsement out of ignorance. Maybe he just was looking for names of people who are in certain positions to try to beef up his um, his qualifications because he didn't have a lot of political experience. Um, so hopefully that's the case. That's the, the, the blue skies kind of optimistic thing is maybe we can give him a pass on ignorance, but not, uh, not totally sold on that. So it kind of, maybe I'd have to, if I was actually casting a ballot in ward nine, maybe I would seek out some clarification on why he would seek those endorsements from those individuals before I would, you know, even consider filling in his bubble. Yeah. So I agree. Some of the things he brings up in the questionnaire and he talks about uh, are the things we hear in all the wards. Safer neighborhoods, cry, uh, safe and free from crime, safer roads, safer parks, safer schools, free from drugs and violence. There are many streets with ditches, without sidewalks. Um, there's a dire need for more police patrol. We've talked about this in the past. Mm -hmm. That's a red flag for Bronwyn and myself. Mm -hmm. Uh these issues that we're talking about of crime and homelessness, of people struggling with homelessness and drug addictions, throwing more police at this issue is probably not a good avenue to solve this. Yeah. And like maybe Ward 9 experiences different types of crime than other wards since they're not as densely, they're not more an urban center. They're kind of more mixed Sure. Land use. I, I, I'm going to push back on that because folks who struggle with homelessness often use motels sometimes as a transitional housing unit. Couch surfing as well. Sure. Down by the airport area, there's a bunch of low-cost motels that you can have long-stay visits, which are comparable in cost to like rent or something along those lines. Yeah, you're right. And so that population... Um, could cause some crime in that in that neighborhood. So I've I've heard, you know, even though it's not attached to the core, because of that transitional housing opportunities, um, they are seeing an increase of, in this kind of problems. Yeah, when when there's when there's issues around uh, poverty, there are people who commit crimes out of acts of desperation, and uh, that does happen. But. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that policing is the answer. Right. <laughs> that does not mean policing is the answer. Right. But definitely uh, you, you would have to look at it from a Ward 9 lens for yeah. sure. I didn't see anything that really had meat and potatoes as to how he's going to achieve the things he wants to get done. I did, however, see when he answers the question, are you going to continue to hold the line on taxes policy, that he says yes. And so that puts you in a corner where if you're not increasing the tax burden on folks by a percentage, that is not indexed to inflation. Inflation has gone up, as we know, by uh, insane margins. And so if we don't increase our tax burden to match that, we have to find efficiency somewhere. So if you want to do all these cool things like fill in ditches and put in sidewalks, um, he talks about 
the new hospital location and getting transit to expand their services down to that location, those cost money. We mm-hmm. need it. We need a new garage for our transit if we want to expand transit more. That has a big uh, price tag attached to it. So it's really hard to see how he talks about these things that this, na- this neighborhoods want, but that hold the line on taxes means that he's only willing to push those agendas as far as that pocketbook will allow them to. Yeah. So again, it's it's just depending what your perspective is on spending and where the money comes from to facilitate that spending is where if you kind of where you place yourself on hold the line on taxes. This is an interesting ward because Kieran is currently a full-time ward counselor. Um, Herinder is working as a lawyer. In his answer to how many hours per week do you plan to allocate towards council business if elected, his answer is whatever time or hours will be required to fulfill my job while performing my task as counselor for the satisfaction of my constituents. That's a non-answer to me. Yeah. Like, this, this role is built where... Really, if you didn't want to read the reports and just go to council and vote all willy-nilly, you can, and you satisfy your requirements as a counselor. Speaking to the counselors who do the hard work, this is a big job. It's 40, 50, 60 hours a week to read this stuff, to go to council, to go to committee meetings. Sift through your emails, calls, letters that you're getting from your constituents. Yeah. I also bring this up specifically in this ward because... I want to move on to our next challenger. Yes, yes. It's a three-man race, so we got to talk about all the dudes. That's right. That's right. Dan Makrashitsky? Makrashitsky. Dan, we sincerely apologize. Oh, my God, Dan. I'm so sorry. Yeah, your name is a toughie, but we really commend you for entering this race. The reason I brought up how many hours are you going to put into this, Dan works a full-time position, and Dan is upfront about saying he's only going to put in, at, he works till 4.30 uh, daily, and he's only going to put in time after that. Um, like we just said, you are definitely able to do the role if that's what you're willing to put yeah. in. Yeah. It becomes difficult because there's these 1,500-page reports that you have to understand and go into if you want to do the job well. Yeah, so the work-life balance might be tough for Dan if he is to take keep his full-time position and take on the position of counselor. So good luck. Hopefully you have good time management and organizational skills, Dan, which it seems like he might. He's a program manager. He was a manager for different automotive plants in the restaurant industry for 13 years, according to his survey or questionnaire answers. Um, he wants to be a fighter. He's willing to, he wants to see that, um, money is equitably spent in the different areas of his community. Um, so it seems like he has some, you know, uh, at least some, some good faith, uh, platform. Well, I guess I wouldn't call that a platform. He just, he seems like he's in it for good faith reasons. Maybe. Yeah. No, no. I, <laughs> you know, I, I you think, never really I think know. I heart's in the right place. Uh, I think there's some experience to be had um, and, and maybe a, a, another stab at this in a different election might work because if I'm being honest, I really think this race is going to be, um, I expect Kieran to come out with a popular vote mm-hmm. uh, over 50% if I had to put money down. 
I think Herinder will follow up under that. And I think Dan's going to come in the third place. There's no name recognition. The name's a tricky name. And so if it's not out there, it's hard to stick in people's brains. Yeah. But maybe this is something that if like Harinder and Dan are really passionate about this, maybe they should get on some committees, maybe they should jump on some boards, get out there and advocate through like maybe some grassroots organizations, get some experience, and then jump in the race once you've gotten some a taste of the political world and what it takes to do the counselor job. Heck yes. Back to Dan. Yep. There's a couple of things in his platforms and things that he talked about that don't really... Uh, I don't, I can't make full sense of it in my head, but just for a lack of uh, resources available for me to understand it. So one of the things he talks about is uh, the biggest issue affecting the city of Windsor as a whole, homelessness, crime, and unemployment rate. I didn't see specifically plans or policy to make those things change. Another thing that I will always touch on is how much money is this person willing to spend at budget time? And to the question is, to the question of holding the line on taxes, that is something he agrees with strongly, especially after uh, the time of COVID and the time of uh, financial difficulties that we're going to see over the next four years. Yeah, there's going to be a recovery period. Things are going to be weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Dan, kudos to you for entering this race. Absolutely. And if you want to see more about Dan, um, go online, check him out. Yep. Check the resource page. Yeah, there's a link in our show notes here that'll bring you to our resource page. You can go to the city website and check out uh, Dan's information. Check out the questionnaires on there. Uh, and, and and that's true of anybody who's running for any position in the city. The links are in the show notes to find out more. If you or anyone you know is interested in getting into politics, to get onto committees as a citizen is coming up after the new council comes in. So committees get refreshed every new council term. Uh, So for folks who ran in a candidate's race and award um, and didn't win but want to get into things, or you know someone who's listening to this podcast and be like, heck yeah, I'm going to change some stuff. Uh, These committees don't actually meet that often. Sometimes it's four times a year. Sometimes it's once a month. And it's a roundtable discussion where you get to put in your input and and give those recommendations to council to make their decisions. So that's really how you get in the foot. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to get experience. It's a good networking thing to do because a lot of really passionate people are on these committees. And so you can network with these individuals. You can, um, yeah, voice your opinion, like TJ said. Like So it's a good opportunity. So anyone who... And, and and there's a lot of counselors that fall or candidates that fall into that category of people that really should not go away if they aren't the successful uh, candidate. They should like and people are going to get promoted like there's going to be BIA positions available if people get promoted. If we have certain results in certain wards, there's going to be lots of spots and space that opens up as people move to a different rung of the ladder and fill those places, spaces, guys, like take those jobs, give, put your spin on it, make your voice heard. And maybe you'll get to affect a little bit of the change that you're advocating for in your campaigns. So there's not, it's not all hope is lost. There's lots of opportunity to exercise your, your power to participate in your government. So don't be discouraged if your candidate doesn't win, jump in to a committee, jump into a board on a, board, at a nonprofit or a community or, group or community group. Yeah. You can 
help with a BIA. Even if you're not a business, you can, you know, talk to the BIAs and say, hey, I'm really invested in this community. I know the businesses here are important to that community. What can we do to make events or make change? There's lots of ways to organize like-minded people and push uh, your ideas forward. So don't be discouraged. Do it. If you're passionate about something specifically in the city that you want to see change, Hit us up at our DMs. We'll, we have connections. We can send you to the right mm-hmm. people to get you to the right places to make change in the city. TJ and I force our way into groups and, and all sorts of things. So we have specific experience with this sort of thing. So let us know if we, and we will point you to the spot you want to go. Yeah. That's the picture you're going to get about Ward 9, the we, race yeah, in Ward 9. Ward 9's, Ward 9's interesting. It's like, the hospital issue is touchy and weird. Um and a lot of people have a lot of feelings about it. But it's, again, one of the hard conversations that we have to have because it's coming. None of it's going to be pretty or perfect. Uh, I'm excited to talk more about Yeah, this and October 24th, we'll find out what Ward 9 thinks. Here we go. Got anything else? Nah, I think we're good. Okay, stay tuned. Ward 10 coming up next. And that's a wrap. 